0: In his proclamation, the prophet Isaiah combines two great themes of Jewish hope, the future coming of the ideal king and the acceptance of the servant role, a reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Listen to me, O coastlands, pay attention, you peoples from far away.
1: 2nd Sunday. There we go.
0: Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people.
1: Thanks be God. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Peter began to speak to Cornelius and the other Gentiles. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread through Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John announced. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. How he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear... Not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses, and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory Glory to you, you, Lord Christ. Christ. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord.
0: Praise Praise to you,
1: Lord Christ. Christ. Be seated, please. The more I read the New Testament... The more I am convinced that the Gospels were intended as baptismal instruction. Um, In those early days in the church, if someone approached the church wanting to become a member, um, that person was made a catechumen. You might stay a catechumen for a period of one year, um, some places even as long as three years. You would come to church, um, typically gathering in someone's home, Hear readings from Scripture, and of course in that day Scripture meant what we call the Old Testament. It would not have been readings from the Gospels. Um, And then after the sermon, you would have been dismissed. The rest of the group would have stayed to celebrate what they called the mysteries, and so your curiosity would be piqued for a period of a year or three years or however long it was, wondering what are they doing in there so mysteriously, Um, You would hear, of course, and and hear sermons and then instruction on the Old Testament, and particularly those passages in the Old Testament, um, that the Christians thought foretold Jesus. And among those would have been the servant songs of Isaiah, this one that we just heard, Behold my servant whom I uphold, on whom my spirit rests. Um, I've called him to bring justice to the nations. A broken reed he will not break, a sputtering lamp he won't put out. He will not rest until he has brought justice to the whole world. Behold, I have taken you by the hand and kept you, kept you as a light for the nations. You would have heard those kinds of sermons over and over and over again during that year. And then imagine coming to church on Easter Eve after dark, sitting in the dark, and you would now hear the gospel read for the first time, cover to cover. You wouldn't hear a little snippet of it. They would start at the beginning of whatever gospel they were using. Um, If you were in Matthew's community, the one we heard today, and they would read it right on through to the end. And you're waiting for your baptism. All four gospels begin after the infancy narratives in Matthew and Luke with the baptism of Jesus, Jesus goes down into the water and comes up out of the water and sees heaven opened. And down comes the Holy Spirit to rest on him and a voice from heaven saying, This is my child, the beloved, in whom I am well pleased. As you're sitting there in the dark, you're thinking, yikes, that's about to happen to me. And you're remembering all of those sermons that you've heard about the servant of God. He will not rest until he brings justice to the earth. The lame he will heal, the eyes of the blind he will open, and then you hear the story of Jesus, and you think, wow, that's about to be me. In fact, the word Christian in Greek simply means little Christ. You are about to become a Christian, a little Christ. I'm going to do these things. And then, of course, you hear the death and resurrection, and you think, I'm not sure this is what I signed up for. And then all of the Gospels end, again, with a reference to baptism. In Matthew's Gospel, it's crystal clear. At the resurrection, Jesus meets his disciples on the mountaintop and says to them, go and make disciples of all of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is what you're about to do. You are about to become a little Christ, a servant of God, whose vocation it is to bring justice to the world. Really? I'm going to do this? I don't know. Am I going to heal the lame, open the eyes of the blind, bring the prisoners out of the dungeon? I'm not so sure I'm up for that. But that's what would be going through your mind as you sat there in the dark waiting for your baptism. We have this great privilege and this great vocation to participate in the body of Christ. As I gathered you in here, I said, this is the body of Christ locally constituted. We're it. This is that servant who brings forth justice to the world. How do we go about doing that? We go about that in several ways. We do some things here that are pretty remarkable. I mean... um, We participate in Feed My People. We've got people who volunteer. We bring food forward every week. We've got people who cook at the Peace Meal down at St. John's. Um, We've got folks who cook at Ronald McDonald House. We do birthday parties at ECM. All of those things are outward focused. That's good stuff. We're bringing justice to the world. We also do some things inside these walls that are important. We treat each other well. When we have fights, we try and get over them. We try and be reconciled. Um, We come to this table week after week to sort of gather ourselves and be reminded that we are the body of Christ. The temptation would be to think that what we're doing is not important, to think I can't possibly make a difference in the world. Remember our vocation. Behold my servant whom I uphold, on whom my spirit rests, with whom I am well pleased who will bring justice to the nations. There in that Isaiah it says, I, the Lord God, who created the heavens and the earth, not just any God, not some small God over here in the corner, the God who created heaven and earth and all of the people on it, who gives breath to everything on it, I have taken you by the hand and kept you and given you as a covenant to the peoples and a light to the nations. The way we live our lives matters. Those little things that we do matter. They bring about God's justice. You hear the story of Jesus on the night of your baptism and it ends unfinished. He dies before he's had a chance to do anything other than heal a few lepers, raise a few dead. Not like you're going to do that. But it hasn't changed the world that you live in, has it? It's still out there. The story ends unfinished. And we're called to complete it. We're called to be that resurrected body of Christ out there in the world. We think that what we do doesn't matter. It does. Several hours ago now, the referendum began in Sudan. And we've been praying for Sudan. Some of us gathered at the cathedral last night to pray for peace in Sudan. It's going peacefully. So far, so good. No reports of violence. Um, There was a little bit of violence before the election started. Maybe one or two people died. More people died in the incident in Tucson yesterday than have died in Sudan over the referendum. Yay, so far, so good. It matters what we do. We're part of that. When Archbishop Tutu was witnessing against apartheid in South Africa, he said, I can only do what I do. Because I'm a member of the Anglican Communion. And if the government of South Africa should do something to me, there would be worldwide outrage. It's important to me that you all pray. We thought he was a great hero. He said, it's important to me what you do. What we do and have done in Sudan matters. We've brought attention there, our own, if nothing else, so that we're aware of what is going on. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, on whom my spirit rests. So you're about to go down in the water. Here is the Holy Spirit coming to rest on you. You are that servant. Doesn't mean we're going to change the world tomorrow, but he will not rest until he has brought justice to the world. We will not rest until we have brought justice to the world. It's not going to happen tomorrow, it's not going to happen quickly. But it's important for us to know we're part of it. We will not rest. The story will not be finished until that happens. And we're part of it by virtue of our baptism. Amen.